So my hobbies, what I enjoyed in life, could I make a livelihood out of this? Hello, investor. This show today is talking about the flexibility and the options that you have when you're choosing a passive income lifestyle and how different that looks for every person. The guest is Dan Krasinowski, and he is a full-time capital raiser for BV Capital out of Texas. It's an opportunity for you to really look at Dan's progression from how he got started, that light bulb moment that made him realize I don't have to stay doing exactly what I'm doing and what everybody does. We have options. And for him, it happened at a wedding from another one of the wedding party who said something that really pivoted his life into a new direction. So he takes us through that journey of what that looks like and how he's now reaping the benefits of that by being self-employed, building up his passive income so that he can really sit back and think about how do I want to spend the next 10 years of my life? What do I want my child's childhood to be like? Figure out what that looks like for you by listening to inspiring stories like from Dan, knowing what questions that you should ask to get to the result that you're after. We have done it and I know you can do it. So stay tuned and enjoy the interview with Dan where we look at all different ways that your passive income adventure can be like. Welcome back, passive investors. Dan Krasinowski is in the house today, and he is a full-time capital raiser for BV Capital out of Texas. He is from my adopted hometown of Austin. We lived there for 20 years. He's been returned there since, I guess you said 2011, was it? Yep. So we did overlap during our time there, but we did not know each other when we both lived there. Dan, fill us in on how you went from having a job over to being a full-time capital raiser in your own business. and the goals that you have for going beyond that and becoming hopefully like the rest of us eventually full-time investors. Absolutely. Great. So first, great to see you. And it's great to be in Austin, Texas, as we say. It's snowing uh, yeah. out here. 80 and sunny in January. What can I say? Nice. Uh, no, I mean, my, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. My mom was a social worker. My dad was a high school principal. You can fill in the blanks for the Robert Kiyosaki book. My grandparents were first generation. They were a generation of entrepreneurs. My mom's father literally traded slabs of meat for textiles so they can survive in the 1930s. Very common in the non-English speaking communities back then. But these folks had balls. They had grit. However you want to call it, they had all that. And I think as life played out, our parents' generation, the boomers, had it a little bit different. With that, I had this kind of dual exposure, but maybe because I was a little too book smart, found myself at Wharton for undergrad, did the Wall Street thing, did my master's at Thunderbird, and then found myself at General Electric. And I joke with the youngsters on the call, this company GE, not too long ago, was the best in the world and everybody really wanted to work there. They had a great training program, all that good stuff. And that was my life up until age 30. The math is real simple. 2008, I had good degrees. The resume looked great. The world was my oyster. And the benefit from going to a top-rated finance and international school was the expat sort of career which I think my mindset was on from, frankly, just an enjoyment, a work-life balance. When I went to grad school in Mexico, I came back with a bottle of tequila and a wife and was told <laughs> I am not the first person to do that. But now that's been fine. And we have a son and life's great on the personal side. But yeah, 2008 was an inflection point. I had my first taste of Austin. I had a gut feel to stay went against my gut. And when you do, I'm learning that kind of uh, things take a good two, three years to normalize per se. So I found myself back up in Connecticut, and this time I felt I didn't have to give all of myself to the man, as they say. And it was very frustrating to be capped, what your bonus potential was and everything. Something just felt really off. And the biggest thing for me was it just felt so odd putting so much in retirement and having it go into the fidelity year 2040, 2050 fund. <laughs> 
Something was just way, all of this was off. So long story short, in 2011, I came back to Austin, which in hindsight, I call one of my eat, pray, love sort of weekends. Night festival at Zilker, rainy street when it was all of three bars and the 40 condos, a million food trucks and all that $20 drinks. And uh, got a job, gave my notice. GE said, good luck in life. We went to Peru for two weeks. I experienced the endless winter in Connecticut and then uh, the 100 degree summer here in Austin, no rain for five months straight, all that good stuff. But for me, it was uh, it was fantastic. And I think just by being in a city like Austin, maybe not the new Austin, but especially the old Austin, has that entrepreneurial, has that sort of gritty feel to it, which is fantastic. So with all that said, I it's almost, you have these unconscious moments where you can kind of do something now because maybe you're not in a certain place. And I share that because a lot of our friends that work for a bank, a financial advisor, you may be literally tied for what you can invest in or not. And you're really jonesing to get onto this side, whether owning property, especially investing passively, you just don't have that. I had some sort of guardrails when I was back up working on Wall Street, especially, and then GE. Coming to Austin, though, all of that was off. You go into an office where a third of the people have the company logo tattooed on them. Let's just say compliance was not as heavy per se. And I found myself doing, investing in bars and restaurants before the Jobs Act, doing the equivalent of crowdfunding. My big light bulb moment here in the early 2010s was I was co-best man in a wedding. And I asked the gentleman what he does. And he says, flip houses. I said, okay. And then he said, 15%. Then I got excited. And then he said, did you know you can use your retirement dollars? And for me, this was, wow, this is great. I won't knock any of the legacy custodians here, but once again, for the opportunity of what you can do, although in hindsight, you question the service and the pricing models and such, this was just a, an immaculate moment for me that I can take back a very healthy sum of money and start investing in my different communities, real estate, of course, female entrepreneurs, private loans. This was a great eye-opening experience. So for the 2010s, I basically had a job, although I became more entrepreneurial, had longer times in between these particular jobs, but a majority were in FinTech, PropTech, AKA real estate tech, something else on the SaaS and the learning side within the food industry, which is a very unique uh, dynamic. But something else that helped me on this journey, I'm just about to hit my decade anniversary at Sparefoot. So for us folks in Austin or early members of the Capital Factory, Sparefoot was frankly the first success. This was the aggregator, the first, the hotels.com is self-storage, which rewind a decade, even more of, I'd say the established outfits and storage maybe had a website at best. And when you still take into account of the 50,000 or so storage facilities, still 35 to 40,000 even today are owned by mom and pop. So there was putting something on the internet, as they say, was a huge leap forward. When I joined, we were five years into the journey and folks said, what are you doing for me now? You got me up to occupancy, you're charging me X thousand a month. So this was, the nice thing was taking advantage of all the skills I learned at GE and otherwise. I'm an account manager before, and then basically building out a team, doubling revenue. And most of all, as an investor, really meeting who I felt was the top uh, operators and marketers in the storage space. Fast forward now, I guess 2021 or so, a gentleman, good friend and mentor of mine, felt was one of the tops. He went on his own, built out a portfolio. He exited for him and his colleagues for nine figures to one of the REITs. So it was a great story. In the spirit of, I just think, education, mentorship, he still kept his management company. So anybody that is aspiring into storage, first of all, I'd say don't manage alone. Yes. Uh, there's 
It's about a 6% fee, no matter who you go with. If you go with one of the REITs, like a CubeSpart or like a Pinnacle Storage property, so I was referencing before, especially if it's your first time, even if you've been a multifamily forever. Storage, not complicated, but you kind of want to be around the sun about 18 months till you get a feel of it. Just a little side note there for folks that are looking to get into storage, particularly Texas or secondary tertiary markets. I used to have a sixth sense and I could hopefully provide some guidance. Uh, I bring up this though, because this, as my son was being born, literally my son's a St. Patrick's Day baby. So for me, as a kid from Scranton, PA, we, we joke, it's our national holiday there. This was the due date, willed it to happen, eternally grateful for that. But I remember being on calls and probably raising my first X hundred thousand or so. We all start somewhere, but not purposely per se. It's just, Hey, I invested with this guy. John seems good. And, uh, I think the steel is going to have a lot of meat. It's since sold for, I think, in the 30s or 40s on the IRR side. But this was just a start. So like anything, your hobby, uh, and I was with a PE-backed company at the time, a bit of volatility. 2017 was one of my adult years that we all have where a yeah. parent gets passes, a beautiful property you're about to move into. You just can't for one reason or another at the time. A whole bunch of that, let's say. So when I write my book, I'll, I'll have to save a few things for it. But that was the gut punch and a half per se. But like anything, the journey of all things had me on a plane going to Las Vegas, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. And I saw a gentleman who I knew from Austin and said, hey, Henry, you should look at the storage deal. And did you know you can use your retirement dollars? And in his mind, he was, I think, a few steps ahead of me to said, you know what? Yes, I know. But more so, I know about all the friction and how we can eliminate it. Within a moment, I was an advisor and investor, came on as a consultant. This is 2018. Uh, probably company Rocket Dollar came out of the womb a little bit early, but we had a very, I don't want to say different product, but different product for the market, the solo 401k, which however you look at it, my opinion is the better of the two products versus self-directed IRA. I and agree. what we did and how we did it was validated. We went out to money 2020 of 10,000 early stage fintech companies. We were voted number two, actually number one. And then we had a pitch to Shaquille O'Neal and I guess Shaq doesn't need a self-directed IRA per se, five guys burgers. But anyway, it was fun to hang out in the green room with Shaq. And, but for me, part of this journey was a very conscious, hit it hard 18 months. Our little guy was two. So it's that age where you're around, but uh, there's different stages, of course. Like anything you want to be acquired, you want to have that great story early. It, it didn't happen. And then minus the COVID crystal ball, I said, on a personal note, these 18 hour days, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So I'm talking to individuals such as yourself. I'm talking to people raising money. I'm talking to hybrids. I'm wowing my ex-Wharton friends where, as they say, more money than God, but they don't know that, hey, this IRA world exists. And you're most proud of, as I said, the entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, folks on the other side of the tracks, by making them aware of this IRA world, they can raise more money faster. And there's been a lot of true win-win scenarios from that. So almost like a passion play. At the same time, you don't take a salary. It's a great year for a Roth conversion. So I've, I've had many a Roth conversion, knock on wood. So as long as we don't lose the principal, life will be pretty good when I hit 59 and a half, 60. But uh, yeah, with that COVID hit and you take a little step back to say, hey, what I was doing, more so my hobbies, what I enjoyed in life, could I make a livelihood out of this? And I was fortunate because during my tenure with Rocket Dollar, like you, we were at Bigger Pockets, Jake and Gino, you name the shows. I was fortunate also to attend a fair number of family office shows. And I had this benefit to talk to probably up to a thousand sponsors, at least 500 in the real estate space. I wrote little checks, maybe about 10 or so, 10, 15, and then decided just, hey, I'm in Texas. Texas is a great story, I feel. 
and I like the way that I'm wired that it's multi-strategy. It's not just a single asset class and it's basically everything else but storage. So I became aligned with BD Capital Bridgery Real Estate out of Dallas and have since spent a fair amount of my time raising capital for their deals. So it's been a, since then a wonderful hybrid journey and we've had another adult year or two in between. I'm literally back on my feet again after a not so fun surgery. So feeling finally out of the woods here. Yeah, it's just great 2023 to be here with you one-on-one to be on stage back at meetups. I find greatly gratifying these kind of 20 to 50 person where it's a focused audience. It's folks that make decisions and do stuff. We say they're real estate investors, not real estate entrepreneurs. And I'm not knocking the entrepreneurs, especially if you have the means, you probably should be an investor soon. But with that's the focus. As I said, I feel BV because the partners have been through so many cycles, the days of the easy eight pref 20 IR value add, they're gonna be a little tougher to come by here in Texas. Made a real strong focus to go towards development. Likewise, we feel industrial strong, especially in a state like Texas. We've been paying distributions for 24 consecutive months. And then separate from all this, a lot of folks, probably some of your audience has owned a few properties or their parents have, and they just don't want to deal with tenants or they're tired of it. So you're in this unique situation where you're not going to 1031, but you don't want to pay taxes. And in the middle, it's the beautiful world of the DST, the Delaware Statutory Trust. A lot of DSTs, no surprise, Wall Street got in there. They bought a bunch, you know. That cash flow is 6%. They pay Joe Jane America only 4%. Get this huge 2%. As an investor, as an individual, that kind of sucks. 4%. That's not great. So anything we bring to market, it's not just to push product. Our current DST is probably in the 12 to 15 range. I know that's silly returns, but it's still the next one will probably be at least 8%. So two, if you think in benchmark terms, like 2x the benchmark is pretty wild. So we feel this is a one, two, three sort of punch. And then finally, I've been very humbled that because of my time in storage and the checks that I've written for folks in storage and groups that I've spoken to that personally, a lot of folks come to me for advice to the point that a fair number have asked, Hey, do you want to come on board to one extent or another? I joke, my buddy, John did great. I'm looking for my next John out there, particularly potentially on the GP side, myself and one other, you don't want to have too many people taking the GP pie, but I feel this is the right time and place for me to capitalize on my self storage journey. So throwing that out there for the world here for 2023. Wow. There's a, a lot of directions we can go from that. One thing that, that jumps to mind, I want to back up a little bit. I had an experience when I lived in Austin, I look at all the missed opportunities that we had in Austin, that it took a cross country move for me to get that thing pounded into my head to say, Hey, the things can be different. Life can be different. But looking back on the first experience that we had with real estate investing, our neighbor actually owned a1 storage and he they would develop class a storage facilities around austin he's since sold out and the names are all changed but he was always encouraging us to get into that and we never really did we never really took the time to to take him up on his offer and figure out how to do this because he wanted projects he could invest in he wanted other people to be doing the work because when you've been a gp long enough you realize it's pretty active yeah. your general partner, managing partner, it's a lot of work. And so he was looking to maybe pass on some knowledge and somebody that he could develop a relationship of trust with and invest in. And we just completely walked away because we didn't understand financing. We didn't understand how to build something or put the teams together, any of that. It was too much partnership. It was too much borrowing money. And we were just very risk averse at that point. But it reminds me of that moment where you're standing at a wedding and somebody says, hey, did you know that you can invest with your retirement account? And suddenly the lights go off and our lights going off moment 
I looking back, we sh it should have happened earlier than it did. We had another one where somebody came to us. He's a real estate investor. And Rob Allen, Robert Allen, no money down, is his uncle and taught him how to do it. It was not like this was just somebody fly by night. He was full time and very experienced and been doing it for a while and had a great network around him. Asked us if we would give him a hard money loan or a private loan. And he offered us 10% return on this note. And I thought, well, that sounds too good to be true. And we ended up turning it down, even though I knew who he was, I knew who his family was, and I knew his experience. It just sounded a little risky, too good to be true, 10%. So watching these moments just pass you by over and over again. And then finally, somebody saying, did you know you could invest in real estate with your retirement account? And that was the big turning point for you. So can you tell us what you're working on right now? That turning point led to that. And when your eyes are finally opened and you take that first leap, and then fast forward to where you are now, it helps the listener to think, this guy's just like me. I've had those moments just like Emma has missed out on. My eyes are now open and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm learning and all that. So take us to where you are now and what you're working on right now that has all been the fruit of that one eye-opening moment. Yeah, thank you. I said, I, first and foremost, it, honestly, that I'm literally, I had some surgery, car accidents, is that to be back on my feet in front of a stage to educate folks to a lot of people. And listen, I recognize a lot of a woman I talked to, she was an exec at Johnson and Johnson, had a few kids. You don't really have time for podcasts. The fact that I can sit with her and just the relief on her face, but knowing her DNA and interest. And I think all the folks in her network, whether to still say at change or otherwise, that's just such a huge sort of win-win. So as I said, I'm looking at much more, call it micro, but highly impactful is where I see myself this year. And I, a lot of this is pro bono. Obviously, it's for the education that you want to share. Secondly, I've written a fair number of checks. I, I don't like sitting on cash. I like being, as you said, the guy who's not the GP, who's not in charge. I like being the passive investor. I, I had a great discussion with the executives at Prefer Trust out of Las Vegas. I think, wow, what an amazing um mind, how compliant they are. The team is great. Matt Sorensen came here to Austin for a two-day real estate tax summit. He hosted him and Joanna Garzilli. I think the team is fantastic at directed. And obviously I'm still very bullish on rocket dollar here. And there's others in the self-directed industry. These are just three that come top of mind that I have associations or my personal accounts with that I will continue to invest. And as I said, it's going to continue to be certain entrepreneurs. I still do 50 mentor calls at Capital Factory a year. That's a, kind of the downtown startup mecca here. So in we've Austin. spent a lot of time at Capital Factory over yeah. the years. A great incubator. I've met some, we do invest in tech startups. And so we've met some great people through that entity and people coming up with some really innovative ideas. Yeah, no, it's time. I've been fortunate to write a few checks, a true early, early stage, even pre-revenue at some of these. Yeah. And then I said, I'm excited for BV. I purposely align myself with what I like the commonality is we feel is that a majority of our properties take an industrial portfolio, never shut down during COVID. And then secondly, mission critical to the operations of the business, which mean if stuff really hits the fan, these businesses either choose to pay their bondholders or pay rent to make more widgets. They're going to do the latter and we're the ones getting paid the rent. If you, but that said, there's, I feel you know, a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise I'm excited. Of, I'm learning of things I never thought about, like impact fees and sewer lines and different things that frankly make or break, particularly a development. I was sitting at a lunch here today, a, a colleague of mine, he, uh, when a house, I don't want to say burns down, but the term was basically it. The frame is still there, but everything else is burnt. He's the expert in this. And just hearing of you're basically doing a new development, but on an existing frame and how the insurance plays out. So 
that's I'm not going into that. Just want to be clear, but <laughs> cool to know about that. And as I said, I, I can barely change a light bulb. So to have things clean, new development, and I share that holistically because I, I think now that we are feeling some collective friction, rates are up, different macro things going on for the first time in a decade or 15 years, I feel confident being with a very experienced team that anything maybe wasn't as big and sizzly and on every sort of email and every show in the last two, three years. But now I think this is the time where it really, at least for myself personally, pays off both after talking to fellow accredited investors, smaller family offices that say, yeah, I, I like Texas development. Even with all my money, I can't get in. There's reasons for it. There's a lot of reasons for that. So putting those connections together, I think, being part of this dream, part of a community that, you know, X hundreds of families and young professionals can move into. For me, that's pretty impactful. Seeing everything close to me, that's where my, my head is at this year. And finally, am I at the point to, with passive chips, to fully retire? Now, as I said, I may have overweighted myself in the retirement and in the Roth retirement over time. That said, what I'll make very clear, since December of 2019, I've never have had to work for somebody else, whether it's mm -hmm. a or otherwise. I've had full control over my schedule as my son has gone from a toddler up to losing his two front teeth and all that good stuff. I've never had to miss anything. I've been able to drive my schedule, which I think that's what I consider financial freedom, frankly. It's not, hey, we went to Peru for two months and that's great. If you can do that and the money comes in and that's what you want and that's what you're called to, that's awesome. But I view it from a time perspective and another stereotype of Gen Xers and boomers are more the Gen Xers, rich dad, poor dad. I think having children or hardly having a, ch a child or doing it much later in life is the norm. You, you just weigh that out and say, wow, this 20 year time is going quickly. My dad passed when my grandson, when his grandson was one. You just got to be realistic about the numbers sometimes. Ultimately, that's my main thing that I have time and I'm still a tech guy at heart. I think in agile. My calendar has two hour blocks. This isn't whiskey. It's Barrett's coffee down the street in Austin. Maybe it's whiskey. You don't know. I think we're smiling more here, but yeah. There, there's nights where if I'm joy what I'm doing, I'll sleep two hours, four hours because I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, I feel like anything. We have talents, we have experience. I think now is the time to share and uh, and collaborate, but also a full circle on our conversation. Make sure that you are compensated. And for me, the more that comes passive, the more that a, a K1 shows up randomly at the end of the year because of something I did or a wise investment and they spun off, that's great. So I want that to continue to happen. I do use that terminology a lot when people ask about where I'm going and what we're building. I say I'm building a K-1 business, meaning that my income comes in the form of basically shareholder returns. So whether it's a dividend stock, we're 80% in real estate with a little bit scattered around other places for some diversity because real estate's what I understand. It's what I love and what I want to spend the most time doing. And you hit on the beauty of this journey. It looks different for everybody because you get to decide how you want to spend your time. And if you're working for somebody else or you're living paycheck to paycheck, you lose that luxury. You lose that privilege. And so the ability to say, this is how I want to spend my time is really what the passive income journey and the passive income adventure is all about. I know people who love owning businesses and they love, it's just like when you're building a building, what, like what you mentioned, how many families are going to move into that building and what a beautiful thing it is for you to be providing housing for that many people looking for a great place to live. Imagine the business owner who loves providing for families and giving paychecks out to their families and knowing that they can have Christmas and pay their mortgage because of the business that they're running. That is a passion project and everybody gets to have a different one. Building a building, having a business. For me, because I have a large family and we're homeschooling, I 
I want to go on an, a physical adventure. Like you said, the Peru for two months is where I'm aiming. But as I've been doing these interviews, asking people these questions, the amount of variety of answers of where people are going on their passive income adventures has been eye-opening because we all get to choose what that is. And so can you tell us more about what it is that drives you, your why that when things get difficult, when there's a shiny object and you're thinking about maybe jumping over and trying that, what keeps you grounded and focused on your journey that helps you through hard times or helps you through distracting times? Yeah, I'll probably sound like the annoying grandparent here. My No, my son's awesome. He's great. I'm sure every parent could and frankly should say that about their child or their children. But I, he's a Pisces and my wife's a Pisces. He's trilingual at this point, multicultural. I've had the benefit to work with folks with similar life experience. Maybe one parent Mexican, one parent is. And so you recognize why some of these things happen or why you get different earlier in life for this. My main thing is to ensure that he can have experiences in, in a safe way. I think every parent would want. Love the, I think it is very specific why they say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I get it. Like namaste, we can all be happy. But I think the third is more the pursuit of the experience. You're not always going to quote unquote win or get the first place, but can you have that experience? And I said, we've been very, looking back at our 2022, we literally, he met who I would consider the whole family on both. We had folks fly in from Asia. We spent time in Mexico. We were up and down the East Coast. I was able to do that because there was enough passive income. Were we staying at four-star resorts? No. Did we have some nice nights? Sure. We in Guadalajara, we had a 270 of a 360 panoramic in a pool. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? So I think you pick where the most impactful sort of moments are there. And uh, yeah, I said, just my learning what I did at GE and I have my PMP project management professional mm -hmm. being around tech folks and agile. I, my nerdy sense is I can really plan this out. I think really well that some of my family members, I don't know how you did that much in 10 days in the Northeast when it was like negative 40 degrees. It's like, oh, <laughs> you got to do New York city and you got to let your son go into times square and hustle somebody or try to hustle somebody in chess as a six year old. It's just, why not <laughs> part of the experience? So yeah, I don't want him to have any sort of poor dad mindset. I don't sugarcoat it that at the end of the day, your mom and I, we, work for ourselves. It's very different than other parents. And that's why you and I hung out at a Tuesday at two o'clock. But at the flip side here, I haven't slept in a day and a half and I'll be home at 10 tonight. But I choose purposely choosing to do that when it's just an average day, not to miss something on his end. Yeah. For me, it's, I said, I've been fortunate to travel to a bunch of countries. I live and study in a few different countries. So I don't personally, frankly, need to do any of that, at least in the near term. It's more, I think, having the optionality. And for me, it's just about the flexibility now. That's where that's a value to me. That sentiment has been echoed to me several times by investor friends of mine, especially fathers who mm. would normally be leaving the house to work for 40, 60 hours a week when they're home and they're around all the time because they own their own business and they're investors. And they say, I'm wondering about raising my kids with this skewed view of what it is that fathers do, that they're going to think that this is normal. And all. I was like, what? what's wrong with them thinking that this is normal? It actually used to be normal. I remember even my great grandparents, they had the farm and the kids would be out on the farm with them. Or on my husband's side, they had a store and they lived above the store and the kids were up and down the stairs to the store all the time. That's normal. I think what we're living with right now with this mainstream 40, 60 hours a week with one or both of the parents being out of the home long-term, that's the unusual thing that we're doing. And for you to recapture that and recognize that having that 
the rest word optionality, having the flexibility, having the freedom to be able to make those decisions is the goal of the passive income journey, whatever that looks like. And why I really suggest this is my PSA, especially for folks that probably have a few more zeros. I love this term, engineers, engineers. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm I, I'm one of those. My yeah, dad was one of those. Okay, well, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I trust me, I probably am one and I'm bald. So there you go. So we got it all. But no, I mean, with that, for folks that are relatively well off and are still going to the nine to five or the grind, I would suggest to stop it. Frankly, listen, my dad was, he had a little trophy that's a perfect attendance for so many years. Now, listen, I was very fortunate because after school, he'd be there for me. He was at all my practices, all my games. My mom was fantastic in her regard. We had a great neighborhood in Scranton, PA. It was, I think, storybook and perfect that it cannot be the same for what we're trying to do in a city here in Austin. It's going to be different for my son, but there's still a lot of positives. Anyways, I share all that though, but because my dad had this six to four everyday sort of schedule, um, five and a half days a week, his late forties, he started having heart issues. Still, he did retire when I was in college, but I think it's just for what a little trophy. It wasn't, and especially when you're at a pension job, I get it. You want to do good. You have pride in what you do. Maybe take a day off, maybe take a nap. There's different things that, you know, and listen, I have great empathy for folks that have to work one, two jobs and whether it's behind the line cooking or otherwise, or especially folks in the medical profession that have the four times 10 or four times 12 hours. I, yeah, huge empathy, but if you don't have to, that's the thing for our corporate friends out there. You probably have this. There was an old joke at GE is like, how do you get paid a lot working for a GE? You quit and then you charge three times as much as a consultant. <laughs> uh, there's one gentleman and I can picture him because I see him on LinkedIn every day, but he said, I worked for Uber, made 50 or hundred a year. And now I work a third of that time and get paid three X. He said, here's the niche. Here's the pain point for a certain segment of 50 companies. And I call on them and each one comes to me and you got it. So it's not that hard, but I think a full circle in our conversation here, it's the being an entrepreneur versus an investor. Have you written that check before? Have you talked about it, but have you actually written that check? Some of it's literally writing that check. Also, I'd say if you've been W2 forever, have you tried a side gig? Would you be comfortable with that? And you need a side gig to have a solo 401k. And that's point. <laughs> the first step for a lot of people when they realize you can invest in your retirement account, but then you yeah. have to pay all of these debt-based taxes in the self-directed IRA that we have a self-directed IRA. My husband was W-2 for a long time, but because of our side hustle, we were able to get a solo 401k and not have to pay those taxes that okay. made money on debt. And that first experience with the side hustle and the self-directed retirement account through the 401k, that's the opening. Like it was for you, for a lot of people to realize, I don't have to do it this way. There are other ways to do this. So that's a beautiful entry. It's the gateway. It's the gateway SDIRA. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I always want to ask, what is your next passive income adventure? What is it that you are working towards? Whether it's a bucket list vacation or some business goals that are really challenging you, what is it that you are working on or want to do that you wouldn't be able to do if you hadn't chosen this lifestyle? Yeah. One, I want this to be a good year physically and mentally through no fault of my own. I'm finally, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent there, but probably about 80 to 100. And the last two years, I was not. I said, we go through different cycles of life. So that I'm more, I'd say mentally than physically close to par excites me again to say, hey, let me, could I be exceptional? Or could I do what I feel is exceptional work as a capital raiser this year? I, I'm excited. It's almost like a team when you're down a few linemen or a few receivers. It's okay. I can finally 
give it a go this year. So that's my focus, especially for the next, I'd say six months, definitely. First half of the year, it's pretty heads down. That's where I want to go. I, for a long term, and I love what you share with homeschooling to go somewhere. That's something that, especially with a one child household, makes it a bit easier to pick up and go. At what age is it most impactful? I think any age it's beneficial. I said, fortunately, we have great public schools in Austin. He, Spanish and Chinese, Mandarin, um, in addition to English, of course. So, you know, maybe a middle school sort of thing, I think. Is high school going to look at how it was in the 80s? You're cool, you're a nerd, there's this, there's that. Or is it like, yeah, I'm a sophomore and I don't really care about driving me. Cool, I live in Hong Kong for a year. I think towards that. So I, I still think we have a few more years to figure out if that's the journey that we would want to go on. But like anything, it comes back to optionality. Is that something that we would want to do? And at what sort of Short answer is, yeah, that's something that I'm strongly considering. It's nice to have the option on the table rather than to just dream about it for years and never do it. And my husband, I think his, he had a coworker who called me and she said, do you know that your husband would do anything for you? And I said, yes, I know that. I feel that. And she said, he knows that you want to live abroad and you want to take your kids on those experiences and he will do whatever it takes to make that happen. And I thought he wasn't. I thought that he was putting the W-2 and being settled into the house and having all these neighbors for 30 years that he was prioritizing that. But he was working as hard as he could that we could have that option eventually. And it was a great wake up moment for me to say, hey, we're partners in this and he wants to do this because that's what I want to do. Is it what he wants to do? Not necessarily. But now that we have the option to do it, he was able to say, we've been doing it my way for 20 plus years. And now it's time to do it your way because we jointly worked on a solution to get to where we wanted to go and opened up our layers of options and our freedom because what everybody wants is different. But if you want it, it helps to figure out a way to go make it happen. And even though it's been a slow process for all of us, this isn't a get rich quick overnight type of business, type of investing, and nobody has ever asserted that's the way that it is. But if you keep the course you'll find that your options little by little open up more and more. And now the fact that you could do that, if that's what you want to do, you just have to decide if you want it. If you do, go off and do it. And if you don't, then you'll find something else. It's that freedom and that flexibility that gives me so much security that we can design our lifestyle the way that we want it. And it's, it's incredibly privileged and it's, it's amazing to have this power in our hands. But at the same time, if it's something that you want, to have the ability to go after it is certainly freeing and just builds a great sense of accomplishment and that drive that people are looking for in that pursuit of happiness. So even it doesn't matter what you end up doing. It matters that you can do yes. what you want. And nobody's talking about private jets here. We're just talking about having the freedom of time to go and do what we need to do. And if I need a private jet to save me some time when my time becomes that valuable. Yes, ma'am little different conversation, but just the lifestyle design at this point, incredibly freeing. So, and how do people get in touch with you? And more importantly, why should they get in touch with you? Yes. So we'll take the easy question first, the how. Dan Krasinowski, not too many of us on LinkedIn. That's, that's probably best. Please reference, you know, that you heard it, Emma and me first. Yeah. I'll put my email in the show notes. It's a, no surprise, pretty long, but we'll hold off on that. I think the why is, as I said, we all, we have different journeys which you gain niche education. Mine, just out of very dumb luck, 
is in very relevant to our investing and our capital raising. We're not Wall Street. We're collectively a mom and pop community here of investors and sponsors together. A huge bucket of money, literally 10 trillion with a T, sits on the sidelines in these self-directed accounts. And the big thing is just learning the headline, but I think some folks have been down many steps or about to pull the trigger, et cetera. I feel I can share with that. Secondly, some folks on the investment side maybe want to go all in with one sponsor or a certain startup or a single property. There's different reasons why you would not, but then is what would you do? And I'm extremely transparent to share my comically long Excel sheet of what I've invested in and even share the backstory of why or how I increase tranches over time. There's a bunch in the weeds that I just feel, as I said, I've had the benefit now for over a decade to be a passive investor and be on the forefront of things like crowdfunding. Uh, self-storage, Texas in a way, just to be here. I don't know. I think right place, right time, a 15 minute call. I, like I call, I'll save you 15% on something. Reach out. <laughs> and that is really the beautiful way about it. No matter if you want to be active and go off and start your own investing or real estate or type of business, all the way down from being a limited partner and investing money in trusted operators, businesses, having the options of how to invest your money can be greatly expanded by learning about self-directed IRAs, self-directed 401ks, and being able to choose where you put your money so that you can get the best return possible. This type of stuff is life-changing. I cannot emphasize that enough. We have gone in four years time from a stay-at-home homeschool momtographer, if you will, to retiring my husband. Are we on a private jet in five years? No. Do we have to keep working the nine to five? No, it can be fast if you hook up with the right people like Dan to be able to help you to figure out how to access more capital to be able to invest, great projects to put it in. There are a lot of us out there who are so excited about what we've discovered that we are just bubbling to share with others who really want to dive in and take this path less traveled. I have never regretted it from the minute I started and plan to keep doing it basically for the rest of my life, even after we have passive income, to continue to share the knowledge and the techniques that need to happen for people to just have more control and freedom in their own pursuit of happiness. So thank you, Dan, for visiting with us, telling us about your story, and basically and helping to inspire people for taking some of those leaps in life. If you don't like what you're doing, find a new way to do it. Figure out what it takes figure out how to get there and go make it happen. It's not overnight, but it can happen. So thank you, Dan. That one gave me a lot to think about. That process of decision-making, looking at what you need to do in order to be able to afford the lifestyle that you want and being able to take action on that, opening you up to possibilities, not just as dreams, but as real things that you can actually affect in your own life. So thank you for joining in with us today. Be sure to check out our website at www.highrise.group. If you'd like to schedule some one-on-one -on -one time with me to set some goals and think about what you want your life to look like and how you're going to get the income to support that, go to highrise.group slash accountability and sign up for a couple of one-on-one -on -one sessions. We're also going to be launching our fund soon where we can help you figure out the best places to put your capital to build your passive income adventure. So watch out for that by signing up for our email newsletter on our website, and we will notify you as soon as our first investment in that fund is ready to offer. Appreciate you spending your time with me today. 
and thinking about your next passive income adventure. 